0: is like any new tech in the market you're going to piss off some people mm. and you know we're trying to give some of these strategies to the general population and democratize access and not everyone likes that
1: Welcome to the Economics Explored podcast a frank and fearless exploration of important economic issues I'm your host, Gene Tunney. I'm a professional economist and former Australian Treasury official. The aim of this show is to help you better understand the big economic issues affecting all our lives. We do this by considering the theory, evidence, and by hearing a wide range of views. I'm delighted that you can join me for this episode. Please check out the show notes for relevant information. Now on to the show. Hello, thanks for tuning into the show. Today we're exploring an exhilarating intersection. AI and investing. In this episode, we're joined by Andrew Einhorn, the CEO and co founder of Level Fields, a company that's at the forefront of applying AI in financial markets. Andrew and his team have developed a platform that scans the market for events proven to impact stock prices, allowing investors to make more informed decisions rapidly. For Andrew, it's not just about speed, it's about levelling the playing field between the average investor and the big players in the market. As always, I'm interested to hear what you think about the issues we discuss on this show, so please get in touch and share your thoughts. You can find my contact details in the show notes. Before we proceed, I need to make a quick disclaimer. Nothing in this episode should be interpreted as financial advice specific to you. Our aim is to provide information and insights to help you understand the evolving landscape of AI and investing. Always conduct your own research or consult a financial advisor before making investment decisions. Righto, we'd better get into it. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Andrew Einhorn from Level Fields. Andrew Einhorn from Level Fields, welcome to the program.
0: Thanks, Gene. Happy to be here.
1: Appreciate you having me on. Excellent. Uh, you're doing some very interesting things in AI and in applying AI to. Financial markets that uh, I'm delighted to have you on the show to talk about. So, your company is Level Fields, and the pitch is find better investments 1800 times faster. AI scans for events proven to impact stock prices so you don't have to. Okay. So, can you explain? I mean, what are you actually? Doing there, Andrew? What's this? Uh, what's this AI? What's it scanning? Can you please talk to us about that, please? Sure.
0: Yeah, happy to. Um, at a very very basic level, it's monitoring the market for events that are proven to move share prices either north or south and positively or negatively. If you know how a price is going to move, and you learn about the event happening, then You can anticipate that move and you can make short, mid or long term bets, trades on that information. You know, concrete piece of it would be, you know, if a a CEO departs from a large corporation like an Amazon, we have a data analytics system that shows that usually results for companies like Amazon in a price decrease of a couple percentage points, you know, which happened with Amazon. But the data also shows that. Within about three months, the stock is right back where it used to be, and in many cases, far above it. And we can see the different types of stocks, you know, smaller stocks versus bigger ones, profitable versus unprofitable companies, they all react a little bit differently. If you take an unprofitable, struggling company and the CEO leaves, the share price often goes up. People are celebrating that, hey, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> hope yeah. hope is coming. Uh, let's bring somebody else in. And so the data set shows that and it alerts people of these kind of opportunities which happen you know, in some cases 100 times a day across thousands of stocks that are in the market. And so we track all types of events, leadership changes, um, capital deployments, you know, being added to indexes. Uh, investors coming in, large billionaires coming in and, and buying positions in companies and pushing for changes. Um, we have lots of different event types. And the idea is you can just quickly find what's going on in the market without actually reading very much because the AI is out there reading all these company announcements, all the reports they're putting out, the news that's covering them. And just in the US alone, that amounts to about 6,300 companies all making announcements constantly. And we get you a know, large part of our information directly from those companies, but the reports can be long, they can be boring, and they can be tedious for somebody to read, even if they had the time to read the reports of 6,300 companies, which is physically impossible unless you have a couple hundred analysts covering all the stocks, you're never going to be able to do it as an individual. As a result, there's a natural discrepancy in the market where an average investor doesn't have the resources or the time or even the knowledge sometimes to find out about all these events, to know what's going on in the marketplace. So they're constantly at a disadvantage to large hedge funds and asset management shops that do have the resources to scan the entire market to deploy capital. And if you want to test that theory, just ask an average person to name as many stocks as they can. I think you're going to stump people around the 20 to 30 mark. Everybody can name the seven, the magnificent seven, right? After that, they'll start to slow down. Even very good seasoned investors will have a tough time after that. And there's a reason is that a lot of the media is biased towards those mega cap companies, covering them all the time, making you aware of them all the time, because you click on it. And they can. if you click on it and you read about it, they sell more ads. So they keep writing about Elon Musk and everything he says on Twitter because it drives advertising revenue. But what it also does is really rob you of the opportunity to hear about all these other companies that are doing great things that the media doesn't cover, or they don't have the staff to cover. Uh, And so that's where the AI comes in. It can monitor the entire market for you. And really for the first time ever, you have kind of a personal assistant in reading and understanding and analyzing financial news and financial announcements. And you can take that and create a very customized AI search agent to look for just the type of thing that you want. So if you say, you know what, I really love investing in energy companies. Can you go out and look for energy companies that are growing revenue at least 10%, growing earnings at least 20%, and recently increased their dividend by you know whatever percent? And just alert me every time that happens. I don't have to do anything ever again on my research. I'm going to get an alert right in my email when my criteria is matched. And if that's my investment thesis, then I just go long on, on those investments. So there's a lot of flexibility in the platform. And what we're really trying to do is kind of break down that barrier that most people have in not being able to monitor the market at scale, not being able to see those, those really interesting bull markets, or in some cases bear markets, because we can go both ways, you know, in the in the strategies, short and long, um, that are reacting to different macroeconomic events. And we see that on the basis of company financials. We see that on the basis of what CEOs are saying and their financial outlook. We see that in the basis of what the leadership is doing with capital allocation. And so, you know, an example is when, you know, when Russia invaded Ukraine, there was in the middle of a pretty decent sell-off already in 2022 that was happening. And this really accelerated the market sell-off. But there were some companies that were thriving. I doubt many people would know what those companies were or could list them, but a lot of them were fertilizer manufacturers that are based in Canada and the United States. And the reason was you couldn't get fertilizers, which a large percentage of them came from Ukraine, Belarus, and Russia. You couldn't get them out of that region because of the conflict. So the price of these types of fertilizers was rising, was doubling. And so companies that weren't involved in the conflict and could export their product were then selling it for double the price. And so what we saw on the platform was a slew of fertilizer companies increasing their dividends, doing special dividends, increasing stock buybacks. And we're sort of you know beating earnings. And we're wondering what is going on with fertilizer companies. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. I I'd never bought a fertilizer company in my life. But, you know, you do two seconds of Google research and you say, okay, they sell this, you know, potash, potash. just a lot of it coming out of Belarus. They can't get it. Price is up 100%. bull market for fertilizer companies. And so this one company that I actually invested in called Nutrien, I think it's Canadian, you know, the share price jumped 75% in about two months. So, you know, if you're an investor and you, you can go straight equity, you you can leverage with options, stock options. You can make a lot of money on those types of things. But you have to have the awareness. You have to know those things are going on and you have to have a system that is sort of connecting the dots for you fast enough for you to react. Otherwise, you know, you're know you kind of going to sit in the same seven, eight, nine stocks forever, not really knowing why they're going up and down.
1: Yeah, gotcha. Are you scanning social media too? Because, I mean, some of the... The names you mentioned, I mean, you think of some of these high flying CEOs uh, many of them are engaging in risky activities uh you know going to space and all of that. I mean, are you scanning social media for for you know hints of uh you know potential uh, you know shock news?
0: We were a little bit uh we kind of pulled back from it because Twitter was cutting off access to their data sets and their API to third party developers like us. Um, but we also found that for the most part. You know, we were relying, we wanted to rely on the company announcement as much as possible. We wanted to avoid potential pump and dumps that, you know, market manipulation that can sometimes happen. Um, We were trying to protect, you know, the the users and the investors on our platform because there are some savvy bad actors out there that will utilize social media to pump up stocks on fake news. And, you know, sometimes uh, if you're not watching closely, you can fall prey to that
1: yeah that's a good point yeah so there's a lot yeah so yeah you got to be careful you you don't really know what what's true out there so that that's a really good point whereas with the company reports I mean obviously they're you know like they've got a legal obligation to tell the truth but I mean sometimes of course uh you know there can be uh yeah, and yeah. that
0: happens too they, they, you know sometimes the reports mm. are, are fake there was a company uh I forget the name but the the ticker was t o t i o and they faked all their financials. And it looked like, you know, they did this wonderful quarter and they were growing by 5,000%. And it was like, wow. Um, One of the scenarios in the events that we tracked is is these short seller reports. So hedge mm. funds, you know, that specialize in kind of busting <laughs> the fakers that yeah. are out there in the market. And so we saw in our platform, those short seller report went up on this uh, went out on this company, TO, and said, you know, all the all the founders were criminals, and they had already been convicted of fraud before. Looks like they're doing fraud again. They investigated some of these uh, alleged sales contracts that they had that were worth like a billion dollars, and what the company had done was sort of open up like a shell LLC, create a fake purchase order back to the company. And use that as sort of evidence that they were driving sales up. And so the whole thing just fizzled out. Um, and so you do you do see a good amount of that. You know, years back it was Luck and Coffee out of China. They were faking their numbers, and uh and a similar kind of hedge fund, you know, put up a camera and started counting how many people actually went into the Luckin' and coffees and said, you know, if if their numbers are right, then they're they're serving four times the number of a cup of coffees as Starbucks.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just want to talk a bit about the AI because you mentioned you're scanning these company reports and news from the companies. And so, to an extent, you've got to trust what's coming out of them. And um, what have you got? Is it a. So people talk about, and this, this is what I want to explore with you because I think pre show we were talking about how, look, there's been applications of AI for years and there's been things like. Uh, algorithmic trading, which, I mean, I'd be interested in your thoughts on how close that is to, to AI, whether it's a true AI. But, but the public uh, discussion about AI, has just really taken off with these uh, what they call these generative pre-trained transformers, if I've got that right, the GPT, chat GPT, where we've got that interaction with it. Uh, can you talk about, please, Andrew, or, or try to explain like what you're doing? Is it a... Are you using a a GPT? Is that right? And how does it differ from what other people have done in the past?
0: Yeah, we've developed our own proprietary uh, artificial intelligence system. And the way you can kind of think about it is, you know, the chat GPT is sort of the mouth of a body. And the stuff that we're doing is more like the beating heart. Right. And so the interaction with AI through chat GPT is obviously you know, through chat, it's a communication channel. And so that's one deployment of AI, uh, whereas ours is more sort of like, you know, a monitoring AI. It's going and, and finding different pieces of information that are out there. It's making sense of them, putting them together. You know, it's it's a little bit more like cognitive functioning, I should say, probably better, better than the heart analogy. Um, and so AI in general can be anything, you know very very basic tasks to very very difficult sort of self-directed tasks it sort of depends on on your goal um chat gpt is great you know for interacting but it's completely reliant on third-party data that has already found the answer to the question that it's now speaking right it's not thinking and processing for itself it's it's going into a database of information that it knows And then it's extracting that information and then saying to you in like plain language, here's what I found, you know, a little bit more like an advanced Google search. And so what we're doing is we're finding the answer, right? So if you ask a question like, why was Apple stock down yesterday? You're going to get some message that says, you know, my my training only goes to February, 2023. You know, we don't do real-time analysis or it might say something like, well, according to this one news article, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's not doing anything on its own. It's just a summarization. Uh, Our system is going out and coming up with an answer because we are not only extracting what happened in that event. So let's use the example of Apple. So Apple stock goes down yesterday. We find out that Apple made an announcement through our AI and the AI identifies Apple doing a product release of, you know, Vision Pro, whatever. And then in this system, it's identified that the share price moved down and that was the only major event. So those pieces of information the AI then puts together and says the reason why Apple's down was this bullish event product launch, which, you know, seven times out of 10 is actually negative for Apple. Now that we have that piece of information, you could overlay something like a chat GPT onto our database and say, hey... Why was Apple stock down yesterday? It would look at our data, pull it out, and be able to summarize. You know, according to level fields, this was because of you know blah blah blah. Like Apple stock was down because of a product launch that didn't go well. And so, if you if you look at that at scale, and say, okay, well, our system is more this is a search agent that's actively out there looking for information, assessing what's going on, analyzing what's going on, and then coming up with. A data array of information to showcase what happened uh, it gives you far more you know information about what's likely to occur next and the, i think the best example i can give is like a weather report yeah okay. here's where it's raining here's where it's sunny there's an 80% chance that the rain is going to be 4 inches of rain and it's gonna last for 12 hours. And that's kind of what the analytics of historical data sets like ours can provide. And so if you are you know, a type of person who wants to invest in stocks, but maybe doesn't necessarily wanna to listen to someone's opinion on CNBC, or you know one of these newsletter services that says this is the next Amazon, or these are five other stocks that are better than Amazon, you can actually look at the data set and see, well, this company had a big bullish event, this bullish event, eighty percent of the time, ends up in a positive price return of twenty percent, you know, over the next X number of days, weeks, months, uh, and so we're trying to move away from that, you know, kind of human opinion-driven stock market and move closer towards an understanding of how things normally play out. Um, and a yeah. lot of the market, to your extent, is it is driven by algorithmic trading. And those trades, about 60% of the trades in the market are automated. Uh, and so why? how are they automated? They're automated on the basis of patterns that people are telling it to find. And so if you know how the algorithms are reacting, and you know what they're reacting to, and you find the reason why they're reacting, it's easy to predict what happens next. Mm. And usually they're using some kind of technical analysis, you know, looking at patterns and charts. Uh, and so the piece that we really plug in is say, well, these patterns and graphs and movements on the charts, that's great, but events cause them. And so yeah. what we often see is the event happens, it starts to raise the price uh, from the, for the stock that that people are watching. Then the algorithms see that price movement because it breaks a pattern of some kind of technical analysis. And then the algorithms buy it and drive it even further. So you have that kind of double burst if you can get out in front of these events.
1: Right. Uh, and that's a lot of how the market moves. Yeah. So yeah, a few follow-ups. This is fascinating. Is your AI is it trying to then model how the algorithms will respond, is it or are you just looking at the impact of events? So I know that you've from a previous interview you've done, you're you've done a lot of deep research. You looked at Google Scholar, you pulled out studies Event studies, which show how particular events impact the market, so you've got that information. Are you also, uh, and you know, there might be an immediate impact. Do you then, uh, are you trying to, or maybe to some extent, they've looked at this themselves? But are you then looking at how the market reacts through the reactions of all the other participants through the algorithmic trading, etc.?
0: We look at it in aggregate, so we we think of market participants just broadly um, how how it reacts, right and. In some cases, the system, you can see the speed of the reaction differs depending on the event type. And for example, one of the events we track is an increase in dividend amount. Yep. People who invest in dividend stocks are generally not moving really fast. You know, They're there for longer term, they're collecting dividends. And so the price action on that post event is relatively slow. Uh, Whereas other events like a company being added to an S&P 500 index, there are big hedge funds that trade that specific scenario that have spent a lot of money to develop algorithms to buy shares the second the S&P organization announces a new, you know, a new constituent in the index that does trade very quickly. When we just show it, we just, you know, you can see it on the platform that here the average move is 8% on an event like this. And if you, you know, start to look at some of the, the data, you'll see it moves fast versus the dividend event, which may be moving slowly over several days, you know. And then if you're looking at some of these things in aggregate, like multiple dividend increases over the span of, let's say, a year, year and a half you then can predict longer-term gains. You know, this is a company that's repeatedly saying things are good, so much, you know, they're so good, we're going to give away more money. And then that other pattern starts to reveal itself. And so it really depends how you want to use the system. You know, we're, we're very much just a data provider using the AI to um, kind of showcase these patterns that exist all over the market. And in some cases... You can take kind of contrarian views or find these, you know, hidden gems that you would never see before, just yeah, just just by having access to all of the data at kind of the palm of your hand. Um, my my favorite example is a stock called uh, Ver- Verative. It's a VR TV got bought out, but um, years ago, this was mid March, twenty twenty. We're in the middle of COVID and stock market's selling off. We are going into lockdown globally. You know, the big ship is moving towards New York, you know, with extra hospital beds, and there's a there's a there's a panic. At that time, most companies, you know, are starting to slash their dividends. They're looking at, you know, cost saving measures. There's one company that came in and started doing Stock buybacks. They're buying back their shares. And it's a very brave move, and you would think stupid move for someone to take their company's cash, right? As we're going into, you know, potentially a global depression and take that cash and start buying back their shares with it instead of using it for operating capital. Why would they do that? Well, this particular company is a engineering and, and kind of design firm. They build and sell. Uh, direct-to-consumer product packaging, which meant that everybody used to sell through the big stores who had a product, could no longer sell through the big box stores. They had to get it to your doorstep. That required a new type of packaging in order to do that. The whole world was going through the same issue. Everybody's sitting at home buying stuff. And now e-commerce has completely shifted. This company is sitting in the middle of what ended up being a goldmine for them. And that precipitated a stock run uh, of two thousand six hundred percent growth over the next three years, and you have never broad. seen that had you not yeah. been following. You know, why would anybody be doing this this random stock buyback in the middle of COVID? Uh, and so that's the kind of thing that the system can can identify, and it's 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 a proof point that a macroeconomic event is either. Uh, positively or negatively impacting you know these individual stocks. And you can't you can't monitor the market for that kind of thing because the stocks still went down. And that was a funny thing. And you hear people, you know, they'll give a, a criticism, well, I just look to see what stocks are up and what stocks are down. Well that happens after someone already has decided what to do. In this case the stock kept going down for the next you know couple of weeks while the market sold off and then began a 26x run over the next
1: three years. Okay, we'll take a short break here for a word from our sponsor.
0: If you need to crunch the numbers, then get in touch with Adept Economics. We offer you frank and fearless economic analysis and advice. We can help you with funding submissions, cost-benefit analysis studies and economic modelling of all sorts. Our head office is in Brisbane, Australia, but we work all over the world. You can get in touch via our website, www.adepteconomics.com.au. We'd love to hear from you.
1: Now back to the show. Where are you based? Are you in, do I read somewhere you're in D, the DC area or Baltimore? Is that right?
0: Yeah, just outside of Washington, DC. Uh, we're a Virginia-based company.
1: Right. Oh, sorry, CSO, yeah, so Virginia rather than uh, Maryland. Uh, and... Um, so, have you got? You must have computer scientists on staff, do you? Who who develop this proprietary AI? I mean, what, what's your operation look like? Do you have, and do you have people? Who, do you have actual analysts as well? I mean, or, or are you solely relying on the AI to deliver the predictions?
0: Uh, we have all of the above. You know, we have a couple of PhDs. Some in linguistics, some in AI, some in f- physics, astrophysics, that uh, do a lot of kind of the modeling. And, uh, analysis work. We have those with, you know, financial backgrounds. We have a lot of financial advisors that were from the street or certain hedge funds previously and, and sort of former lives that have, uh, helped devise the system. And so a lot of what we're really trying to do is think, what are the big, annoying, tedious, time consuming tasks that you have to do as an investor to figure out what to buy? And how can we automate that? All of it, so that the barrier goes away. So you don't have to sit there time and time again doing a stock screen, or you know, fiddling through a newsfeed for an hour and a half to keep up with what's going on with your existing investments. And we just want to streamline it all, and we want to give superpowers of investment research to an average person. Um, so we started, you know, this process back in 2019. And you know, it took several years to get it right. Part of it is built on historical academic models of others across the world that have studied, you know, how events impact share prices. Um, some of them are original to us, others, you know, belong to hedge funds that we knew, used some of these event-driven strategies and said, you know what, we could do this within our platform. Let's just put that on there. There should shouldn't need to have million, you know, to be able to participate uh, in the market. And so Mm. we sell subscription costs, you know, very, very low. It's the equivalent of $19 a month, you know, as our starting point. And then it goes up uh, to $167 a month, depending upon the tier that people are subscribing for and the level of information that they want. But it makes it, I think, more accessible to more people so that they don't have to rely on you know, television stations, which frankly are, are very often helping to push a narrative or push a particular stock, right? And it's, it's often that these large asset managers are selling shares while they're on TV talking about how great the stock is because they need yeah. to sell 30 million shares. And they need, you know, millions of buyers to offload those shares. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah so this is a You're aiming at retail investors so you can get this on your browser or your phone. There's an app for it, I imagine. And you said there are email alerts. Is that right?
0: There's email alerts. Yeah, we are. uh, You can certainly access it from your phone. We don't have a a specific app, but we have mobile ready uh, and mobile accessible pages uh, you can get on your desktop. It's very easy to use. We try to make it as simple as like shopping for a flight on an airline. Mm. And unlike even unlike that, where you have to put in your destination, if you want, you can just browse to see, you know, what events have happened recently and what are the price movements. Quickly set an alert and forget it. You know, and then the alert comes in and will say, Hey, this is a bullish event. Share price typically moves, you know, X percent over time, or you can look and do your own analysis, you know, based on the data that's in there. So right. yeah, we try to keep it very, very simple.
1: Good one. Do you have any uh, data on the performance of uh, people who use your platform or who you, who use uh, level fields?
0: We don't track them. Um, we have regularly, you know, get feedback of like, thanks, made a bunch of money on this or made a couple yeah. thousand today that was, you know, paying for my s- subscription 10 times. Um, we do have a level, we call it level two service. This is more of our a white glove service where we have analysts that monitor the AI alerts and then kind of yeah. cherry pick the best ones and send it out. And it's really for people that want a little bit more help picking out your entry and your exit point. That that service really outperformed our expectations. We uh, we looked at all the, the closed alerts uh, for our first year of operating that, and the return was two thousand eight hundred percent cumulative over the course of the year.
1: Right, for the, yeah, the cherry-picked alerts. Mm-hmm. Right, okay. Do you have any data or any, uh, I guess it would be a very difficult thing to do, but of all the alerts, I mean, are you giving explicit uh, buy or sell recommendations on with these alerts or are you just saying, look, this is, you should be paying attention to this?
0: Well, it will say, you know, this is a bullish event and in a, in a bullish event the share price goes up. Right, So we're not okay. going to tell them to buy, but it will say, the share price is going to go up. You can do whatever you want with that information. And it's going to go up by 3% in the first day. And then you know 75% of the time by day 10, it's going to be up this much. And so it's mm-hmm. really your job as the investor to say how you want to play it. We have all types of users of the system. Some will just buy to make a quarter percent every single day. And others want to be able to just find the event that's going to be up, you know, a 100%. And they're okay waiting all year for two or three of those, which they do happen. Um, they have others who, you know, have a lot of stocks in their portfolio. And what they're looking to do is just find opportunities to make more money off the stocks that they have. So if they own Apple and Apple has a positive event, they get alerted to that and they might sell an option contract for extra premium when this bullish event happens, knowing that on day two, according to the statistics, that particular event actually pulls back to where it was. People start to sell. So, you know, we're we're not trying to create the strategies per se for, for folks. They are there for the taking and there's a lot of guidance on the system. Um, but the data itself is very revealing. It's like, Okay, if you knew every time you walk out the door what the weather is like, you know how to dress, this is the mm-hmm. same thing. Like, you know what what to do when these events happen. And that's been a lot of the problem in the market is often people overreact because they don't know how bad the bad news is. They don't know how good the good news is. And you see this like massive overreaction, you know, 2021, the whole year. But you see it all the time. You know, you go bow past where... It's supposed to be, and then eventually pulls down and people get hurt because they buy at the top and then they start selling on the way down and then the stock goes back up. So, you know, it's just as much about avoiding bad decisions as it is finding good investments. Um, And some of the events that we put on there, we know are 50-50, they could go either way. You know, there's a Tesla one on there as an example, and, and Tesla product launches. There's a lot of traders that that like to think, Oh, every time there's a new Tesla product, of course, Tesla's going to go up. It's not true. Mm. Half the time it goes down. And we we've gotten criticism for putting that event type on there. They're like, well, I can't really trade this. It's 50, 50. And you're sort of saying, well, that's the point. Stop making bad decisions. That's why we put it on there. So you knew it was like flipping a coin.
1: Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, can I ask, what, um, what markets are you in? You mentioned you're in so equities in the U.S. and there was, uh, what, over 6,000 companies on, was it on the S&P? Uh, so New York Stock Exchange. Or New York, anything, York Stock Exchange, yeah. yeah.
0: Anything traded on the New York Stock Exchange, anything on the NASDAQ, and we have uh, some of the larger companies on the OTC. So that includes foreign companies that have ADRs that trade in the U.S. It also includes, you know, uh the you know otc markets which are some of the bigger european companies you know like a volkswagen is there
1: yeah okay so just in equities are you in uh fixed income in bonds at all uh no
0: not yet we're just sticking to straight equities at the moment although we do have a lot of option traders that use the platform to inform you know their particular option trades
1: gotcha okay so as your competitive advantage, you're getting this information quicker because you're getting a you're looking at these reports that other analysts may not. You're getting a feed. Is it is it an API? You're tapping into a an API to get these reports, and then you've got the the AI that analyzes them all quickly. And there's some AI magic there. It's a neural net or, or some or something. Uh, is that what is that what's going on? You're able to get this information in, you hoover it up, analyze it extremely quickly, and then push out the the advice. Is that essentially what it's about?
0: In a way, yeah. I mean, it's not necessarily a speed issue. You know, we certainly try to get the information as fast as we can, and largely we get it within 45 minutes of an event taking place or being announced. Um, we get the information ourselves, which means we, we data mine it ourselves. we pull it in uh, and we have it. And what the AI is really doing is it's like a speed reader. So it's reading 30,000 documents a minute. Right, yeah. Okay, you just got through 30,000 reports. And then within that, extracting 21 million events per year. And then looking at a group of events saying, okay, of these 21 million events, which ones actually move the share price and which ones don't matter. And so then it's selecting out about five or 6,000 events that are known, we call them material events, and right? they're material to the share price movement. Uh, once that happens, we're then identifying what company had that event, pairing it with real time price action from the markets to then uh, correlate whether or not that particular event has had an impact on that particular equity. And then as we do that, for groups of events, let's just say, you know, CEO departures, we have every CEO departure in an aggregate data set, and then you can look and say, well, how do CEO departures typically affect share prices? And it's one click away, and there's summary statistics that will show you know, Okay, it moves you know 4% and it's usually a bullish event. And then you can filter that information if you want. And so, you know, what, well, is it the same case as in energy companies as in tech companies? Is it the same case in large tech versus small tech, which is not the same case? So very quickly, you can kind of see, you know, with a couple filters, what's going on there. And now that we have the data, yeah, you can get alerted to it and you can act on it. If you want to trade it, or you could just use it to do faster research, you know, by having all that, you don't have to read all that information yourself because you just knew, you, you now know what the main events are for the equity that you're doing research on. Let's see, pull up Apple, uh, in the platform, you pull up Apple, um, company page, and then you pull up the chart. And typically when you look at a stock chart, it's ups and downs, ups and downs, don't know why it's ups and downs, right? We're just looking at it. And then normally you would have to say, okay, why did Apple drop 20% on this day? Let me go to look at a news feed. Let me go to the day of the news and look at the, you know, 300 articles that were about Apple that day and try to find information that would tell me why was it down 20% in this one day? You no longer have to do that because right on our charts, we have the event appended there that moved the share price. And so you save yourself all that hassle and all that time. As you look at an Apple graph, you know, there might be 20 events and each event is right before all those big movements on the graph. And you can look at it that way. Or you could just scroll down the screen and see a list of all the recent events that Apple has, has happened, product launches, buybacks, dividends, and so forth. And you just get within 15 seconds of view of, you know, what are the recent things that have happened to this company? And a lot of that is is missing from the market today. Because if you were to go to something like a typical stock screener in your brokerage system, and you're going to go, oh, I want to find a, I want to find a stock that has a great dividend, right? Mm. You'll find these companies that have a 12% dividend and you got to, then, then your research really begins because you got to find out. Is there a weird reason why they have a 12% dividend and then you pull up the share price stock chart and it shows that it was $60 and now it's a $20 stock which is why the dividend is now 12%. But why did it drop from $60 to 20? Now you have to go and do that research. On our platform, mm. you know, we would tell you hey, you know, they're filing for bankruptcy. You don't need to yeah. do any research <laughs> like that's yeah, why the yeah. dividend is still what it is. They haven't cut it yet. So yeah. it's, it's time savings, uh, it's finding good investments, monitoring the market at large, setting your research process to be automated by these AI search agents that you can either use out of the box that we have or customize yourself, um, and really just see a lot more of what's going on in the market and why it's moving the way it's moving.
1: Right. So you say AI search agents out of the box that you have it, uh, 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 is this stuff you've developed or you've uh, you've licensed from somewhere else?
0: No, we built everything from scratch. Yeah,
1: built everything. Right. Okay. So, and you've how long have you been going? Have you been going before uh, ChatGPT and the like, GPT three point five,
0: four? Well, we we started in twenty nineteen. Although we'll say we had a, a, a company before this for ten years that we operated, which also was uh, an event monitoring system of sorts. Our client base was actually the publicly traded companies. Mm. And so the software system we built in that company did similar, monitored events for large corporations, but it wasn't geared towards investors. It was geared towards the public relations professionals at publicly traded companies. And so we'd see these patterns and that, you know, something bad would happen. Like if it was a train company, the train would come off the tracks crash into a river, spill pollution, then the share price would plummet on the stock, you know, and they would lose billions of dollars in market cap. And this would happen again and again and again, you know, same same type of event, same type of company. In other situations, you might have, you know, a data breach, like a cybersecurity data breach, then the company's share price would fall. And so our software monitored that, and would send alerts to the corporate affairs and and, um, corporate communications people and they would get up in front of the podium and they would get their press releases out and they would say well this wasn't our fault you know they it was actually the oil company that overloaded the train and they would try to save the share price you know by kind of passing the blame um and so we have a lot of experience in that for 10 years and then you know, during that time, we're like, maybe are we on the wrong side of this issue? You know, we're saving <laughs> these people billions of dollars a year. Um, maybe we should be using you know our knowledge of events to help make investments. And we sort of put that aside for a little while and sold the company, and then started a new company and started taking with different ideas of what we could do with AI and how do we prove what we did the last ten years. And then COVID hit yeah. in 2020, and it was like, aha, events events change everything <laughs> let's focus on events
1: I <laughs> do indeed they do indeed uh, yeah you've got a fascinating backstory there and I might um, I'll link in the show notes to a interview you did with on the side hustle city podcast which was really good interview and yeah you told the the, the full story and how you did Consulting work for the Pentagon, I think it was, and and then yeah, yeah, and you were a man- did management consulting. You did a, a grad, you did graduate studies at George Washington, if I remember that's correctly. Right. So uh, yeah, you've got an academic background at t- too, which is great. Um, yeah, so I'll put a link uh, in the show notes to that. I've just got a couple more questions. I'm I'm wondering about uh, hedge funds because one thing, some of the points you were making, I'm thinking yeah, that's similar to the the Ray Dalio. Uh, philosophy of you know because he's he's very interested in history and looking at how historical events played out and learning from those, learning from events in the past. Uh, imagine some you know Bridgewater or other hedge funds around the place. They must be interested in this sort of thing, are they? Do you have any hedge fund clients, or are they are they competitors of yours? How do you see uh, how do you see the other financial market players?
0: We don't have a hedge fund clients. We certainly have some that have, have come to us. Um, I don't know if they're pretending to be a client or wanting to be a client, but they were certainly interested in our methodologies and technology. I think, you know, just like any new tech in the market, you're going to piss off some people um mm. <laughs> have it cornered. And, you know, we're trying to give some of these strategies to the general population and democratize access. and. Not everyone likes that, uh, yeah. <laughs> so we're expecting it, you know. And right now, you know, we're for a self-directed investor. That's for the platform says it's it's for personal use, not commercial use. Um, you know, will we make an API? You know, that can be accessed in the future for certain types of data. Maybe yeah. um, you know, we're we're looking at different ways that we could look uh, take our. Massive amounts of data that we have, and kind of enable different levels of processing of that data set. So, yeah, I mean, it's 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 an interesting marketplace in that there are a lot of different strategies that people are deploying. There are large firms that have event driven uh, strategies. Some of them are fairly straightforward. Some of them are complicated, and it is a factor of historical information about how you can utilize these patterns in the market to make better investments, to make quicker money. I mean, the most famous trade in the world at this point was Bill Ackman's trade during COVID, where he shorted the market while being on television, uh, telling everybody to panic on CNBC and made you know a couple billion dollars on that market short. And so the fund <laughs> returned something like 75% that year. Um, So when you can do those massive trades, then it's great. You know, why why would you sit in the market all year and watch, you know, these constant ebbs and flows of events change the trajectory? You've got wars that are breaking out. We have, you know, freighters that are being shot at. Oil prices are up. Oil prices are down to nothing. Like you can't, you know, and then you're trying to be an investor and buy and hold philosophy, and you you know, maybe you eke out a gain or you lose for the year. It doesn't make sense to sit there forever when you can just make that in a short period of time, hang out in cash at 5% mm. you know, yield, and then go back into the market when it's safer. Um, so our, our kind of method, our general philosophy, really puts the buy and hold method on notice, and calls BS on that, and says, you know what? Buy and hold is great if you've got the greatest stocks in the history of the market, but most of the time it doesn't work out so well. You know, GE was the biggest stock in the S&P 500 in 2002. Now it's below where it was trading 20 years ago. If you're buying and holding, you're constantly losing money for two decades. You know, likewise, if you were to buy the S and P 500 in 2000, you would not make a single dollar until 2013, 13 years later. So, yeah, there's a lot of these market myths uh, about how long you should be holding, and you know, dollar cost averaging and things like that that are that are kind of baked in narratives pushed by asset managers, banks, so you keep your money parked with them, and they can make money off your money.
1: Yeah look I think you make a lot of good points there we m- I might have to have you back on the show sometime in the future to have uh, to have this discussion because I mean I'm uh, as an economist I am sympathetic to the the view of uh you know just you know it's time and time in, time in the market beats timing the market if you know what i mean so uh, i'm sympathetic to the the view that the best thing you can do is just you know invest in the index and just let it grow over time but i'll have to i, I do take your points i, I don't want to have a do don't want to debate it out now but it might be good to have a discussion in the future because i think it's yeah it's a really important Uh, issue that you're getting at there in terms of how we think about investing um
0: oh yeah and and, you know i would just add not to argue but it depends on your timeline right like it's great yes you've got unlimited time fantastic eventually you'll be right someday um but for Mm. a lot of people they need to access their money it's an unreasonable assumption you know that you're not going to touch your money for 20 years
1: yeah yeah i think one of the point yeah it's it's a it's an important point you're making. And I mean, one of the challenges, like in Australia here, where we've uh, moved towards individual retirement accounts, we moved toward that in the 90s. And so a lot of people ended up, they're relying on super. And then, you know, what happens if you're a retiree? And then, you know, the market goes down 40% like it did in the financial crisis, right? And then, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, you're done. Yeah, you're bad done. times. Every, every
0: time when you're 78 years old.
1: Yeah, yeah. People ended up having to, you know, uh, keep working for for several years. Uh, but yeah, that was a that was an awful event, right? Oh, um, yeah. That Bill a- was it? Bill Ackman, you mentioned with the. I'm gonna have to look up that. I mean, that's outrageous, and that's why you know that that's what outrages the the public about uh, you know the yeah. activities on Wall Street. So. I remember yeah.
0: seeing it live. I mean, he just he scared the hell out of me when I was watching TV. I was like, I didn't think it was going to be this bad, but now I do. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, <that's laughs> shocking.
0: If you just Google the uh, greatest trade of all time, yeah, you'll you'll see the, the data sources on it. But you know, the fact is with, with a lot of this stuff, the historical data gives you plenty of ammo for how to navigate the markets. For instance, mm. if you look back at Zika, the Zika virus yeah. when that was spreading, I think in 2016, and they closed the ports of Miami. And the cruise ship stocks on average dropped about six and a half percent when they closed those ports. COVID had a transmission inside the the country for the first time in the U.S. I think it was in Houston. And cruise ship stocks went down six and a half percent. Same reaction to a virus just seven years later. So there's always some historical reference and you got to remember that. The people who are moving the markets are also looking at the history of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. People like, uh, yeah, uh, you know, Ray Dalio's uh, crew at Bridgewater. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Very good point. Right. Final, uh, final question. I just want to ask you what, like, what's the reaction among the financial establishment to this approach? Because there's a, I I was just wondering about it because there was a very negative uh, opinion piece by uh gregory zuckerman in the wall street journal last year uh so april 12 2023 ai can write a song but it can't beat the market quants have tried for decades with limited success at their biggest challenge all very negative about it uh i mean how do you what do you think about what do you think about that i mean what's the what's the reaction out there to what you're trying to do
0: well, there's, there's two questions there. The first is, you know, the the article itself, I think, is um, has a little bit of a misnomer about what AI is and only mm. is, right? There's this belief that AI is sort of the, the prophet, right? It's sort of the crystal ball that can see the future because it's, you know, super crunching all these numbers mm. and coming up with perfect algorithms that humans can't possibly imagine. And there are certain people that are working on that. But largely, that's not what AI is. AI is, for the most part, replacing kind of grunt tasks that we don't want to do anymore. Things that humans can do, that computers can just do faster and at scale. And so, you know, when you say something like, oh, AI can't beat the market, what it's really saying is an AI-created algorithm to beat the market won't beat the market. And there's been very little development of sort of AI generated algorithms. It's usually a human using AI mm-hmm. to crunch numbers and then co- coming up with the algorithm that it then allows AI to execute. So the human is integrated through the whole process and just mm-hmm. by that, biasing the outcome of this you know, assessment. Um, I would take the view that, you know, AI is a tool in the toolbox of doing whatever you want to do, much like Mm. a hammer versus a power drill difference. You know, you could go hammer out the nails or you could have a nail gun and the AI is the nail gun for most tasks. And so if you've got a nail gun, you're going to get your job done faster than the guy that's sitting there with a hammer.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. now it's all, all fascinating, uh, Andrew. Really, really enjoy the conversation. Are you looking at extending into, uh, say, Australia or the UK? Because you're US-focused, or have I got that wrong?
0: We're US-focused, but we, we actually collect data on about 35,000 different equities. Uh, we've just been rolling out kind of slow and steady to make sure we don't overwhelm the user. Those stocks, mm. they do include Australian stocks. They do include, you know, the... London Stock Exchange. So, you know, if demand is high enough, we'll provide access to that in the same model. Um, A lot of the large stocks, you know, within both of those exchanges, like an AstraZeneca, for example, or, um, you know, if we get big mining companies that are ADRs that do trade in the US. They trade in the U.S. market. I was trying to remember what the big uh, mining company is in Australia, but I'm not remembering. Oh,
1: have got BHP. Yes. Uh, Rio Tinto here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So those yeah. are in the
0: system, you know, as an example.
1: Okay. Because oh, they trade okay.
0: globally. And, and, you know, anything of, above generally uh, about $10 billion market cap is going to be traded in the U.S. exchanges.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. Righto, Andrew Einhorn, this has been terrific. Uh, any final points before we wrap up? I would just say, you know, if if you're interested and you're
0: out jogging or you're working out at the gym while you're listening to this, the company name is Levelfields AI, you know, text yourself, write it down. Uh, if you don't feel like you can use it for your own investments, you probably know somebody that might, please get the word out. We have a, a discount code of podcast 23 that you can apply and you can get a discount
1: on this subscription.
0: Right. Is that all caps or does it matter? Uh, it doesn't matter, no. Podcast okay, excellent. And the, the number 23 for level fields.
1: That's terrific. Okay. Andrew Einhorn, thanks so much for your time. I really enjoyed the conversation and, yeah, really uh, learned a lot. And uh, for sure, this is you know, this is part of the, the way of the future. So, uh, yeah, it's it's fascinating to learn uh, what people are doing out there like yourself. So, yeah. Uh, uh, all the best with it in the future and, uh, yeah, look forward to seeing more of what you're doing uh, uh, in uh, in future years. So thanks so much. Thank
0: you. I appreciate having me on. and I'm happy to come back and have that, uh, the buy and hold debate.
1: <laughs> Good one. I'll think about that for sure. Okay. Thanks, Andrew. All right. Thank you. Righto. Thanks for listening to this episode of Economics Explored. If you have any questions, comments or suggestions, please get in touch. I'd love to hear from you. You can send me an email via contact at economicsexplore.com or a voicemail via SpeakPipe. You can find the link in the show notes. If you've enjoyed the show, I'd be grateful if you could tell anyone you think would be interested about it. Word of mouth is one of the main ways that people learn about the show. Finally, if your podcasting app lets you, then please write a review and leave a rating. Thanks for listening. I hope you can join me again next week.
0: Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. For more content like this, or to begin your own podcasting journey, head on over to obsidian-productions.com.